Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the True Achievements podcast. A couple of little notes to start with. Rich is at McLaren today for a nice Forza Horizon 4 launch event, hence he's not with us. And regarding the Gamescom podcast, we promised we just haven't had time yet, but we've still planned to do one, so hopefully we'll get some time next week. But we're back for a normal show, so as always, I have Jack with me. Hello. Hello. Hello, did you miss us last week? Yeah, it was, um, we were sitting here for an hour just listening to putting our mics on. <laughs> Doing nothing, we pretended to pod. Kind of returning again, I suppose. He's now a regular. We have Ollie again. Hello. Yeah, I am, aren't I? You are. I've been on three in a row, I think, or four maybe. Rich is uh, too big now, so uh, I think it's yeah. <laughs> down to us underlings to do the podcast or something, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Obviously, we missed a week, so I'm not going to go through loads of stuff that we played weeks ago. But this week, I've played a little bit. So there was a new, I think it was a new DLC. I think it was a mass transit DLC release for City Skylines. And when it came, they uh, also released a title update with it. And I noticed that the last lot, of, I think it was like the snow pack or something like that, had missing one achievement from one of the updates looks like we added it in later or something like that so i did that just for changing the look of chirper or whatever he's called the little tweet looking bird thing quite simple but the updates generally seem quite simple and the other game i played is a game called haunted halloween 86 which is like a a a really old school looking probably from 1986 i'm guessing um, side-scrolling little platformer thing hasn't particularly aged well if it is from 1986 but the good news is a thousand gamers score in like 10 minutes oh nice in 10 minutes really yeah you don't even have to finish the game or anything it's um i think the achievements are for killing like 10 20 30 and 50 enemies or something like that okay it sounds like avatar there's you get achievements for that so i think there's four or five for killing enemies there's um, one level in particular about, I think it's like the fourth level, but they're probably like a, a two minute level where there's an, like a, a life that you can pick up and there's achievements for getting three, six, nine and 10 extra lives. So you just kind of keep repeating this little section of platforming to get a life, die, it adds one, redo that section again. So you just kind of rattle through that. Then there's one for getting a game over. So then losing all your life. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty simple. Okay. 10 minutes that sounds like something i could actually play and complete do that as well (laughs) yeah even like i'm not good at platformers or anything like that and and the platforming was pretty easy if you if you happen to just be absolutely rubbish at the game which you know i think you'd probably be struggling with but it has um you're on the achievement tracker Mm -hmm. so if you don't manage to get to that section and you die beforehand lose all your lives you can kind of just restart the game and there's an another extra life a little bit earlier on. Okay. I just think this the, the one that it was a guide from Macca that I used and I think that that one's the easiest one to kind of repeat okay. quickly to get the 10 so even if you're rubbish you'd be able to get the 1000 probably in 20 minutes or something like mm-hmm. that by just restarting the game. And you did it 10 so you must be uh, not rubbish. I'm late mate. Yeah. Late. Yeah, Hellas congratulations. Macca said it's about a 15 minute completion so I was kind of like for you push the color off at doing yeah. it in 10. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had the opportunity to stream that 
as well. I'm kind of glad we didn't. Okay, maybe it's um, something we could tack into one of the streams yeah. next week. We could do 10 minutes. Try and complete it as quickly as possible. Yeah. yeah. Jack, you've been playing a game that I love. Yeah, so I've um, obviously Game Pass has been on sale numerous times and I've got a couple of months of it sitting on my account now. And they just added Doom to it um, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And this is a game I've been looking to pick up for ages and I'm pleased it's came to Game Pass because I've been forgetting to buy it in pretty much every sale it's been in. Um, but now I can play on that. And it's quality. It is amazing. Yeah, it? the graphics, <laughs> the animations. I haven't got far enough to unlock an achievement yet. But my play style seems to be shoot an enemy once until they start glowing, then run up and melee. I'm just trying to melee everything yeah. for some reason. Well, that kind of builds. I think that kind of you get health back. So there's yeah, you kind of get rewarded in a sense for doing that. Yeah, I mean that's how I played. It's like a constant kind of movement Mm. and pushing forward, and you get also drops ammo and stuff than it for killing enemies. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's quality there, and I think um, it's got me excited for Doom Eternal. The um, the execution animations in it. I remember looking at videos of it. Like mm-hmm. the the way you finish off enemies just looks like brutal. It's mm. just crazy. It feels really fluid as well. So kind of dependent on the angle you're standing in front of the enemy when you initiate the execution, it will perform something totally unique and different. Sometimes you'll kind of crush their head. Sometimes you'll pull an arm off or something. It feels kind of unique each one. Mm. It's like Mortal Combat or something. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, yeah it's quite, played that. Quite yeah. brutal. Mm. I. I, I I would like to play a Doom at some point. My friend was raving about it to me the other day. So maybe I'll pick up the new one uh, when it comes out. Okay. Okay, Ali, you've not got anything on your tag you let down. Um, I thought I played Dead Cells, but I think I spoke about Dead Cells last time. I can't even you, remember. I think you spoke about it on the stream, and then you probably played it last week, and our automated yeah. podcast notes are uh, a week in <laughs> advance. So we've obviously skipped a week, haven't we? I think I played it Friday night, so... I might not have talked about it on the podcast. But yeah, I played it initially on the streams, on the ID account, and then played it a bit more at home. And it's basically just a roguelike game, and I love those kind of games, like random generated dungeon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there are like 55 achievements in it, so it's quite a long completion. But I've got like 20 or so so far, and I managed to get past the first boss. Okay. But it's all just down to like getting a ridiculous weapon because all the loot in it is random. So mm-hmm. like you can kill a, like the worst enemy in the game and get like a ridiculous weapon which carries you near to the end of the game just because you found that weapon. And with the weapons, do you keep those throughout your runs, or is it just for kind of perks and over the top stuff that persists? If that makes sense. There are perks which don't persist, and there mm-hmm. are perks which do persist. Okay. Uh, the weapons and everything else you don't keep, obviously. Um, okay. And you earn cells from killing enemies, which you spend on the persistent stuff. Um, and it can change like your starting weapon and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think probably eventually you'll get to the point where the weapons which you start with are like just amazing anyway. So yeah, the ones that you'd want ideally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I haven't played it in a while because I. The thing is with those games is that you get a ridiculously good run and then you die off that and then you have to go back to like the start of the game pretty much again. So it's, you know, a little bit frustrating at times. So I stopped playing it for now, but I think I'll uh, probably pick it up at some point again, hopefully. But yeah, that's all I've been playing really. All right. But we've had a, a decent week of streams, I think. Yeah. A couple of, a uh, couple of good games. 
Uh, so we kicked off Tuesday with Planet of the Apes Last Frontier. This is a narrative-driven adventure game. It's a very similar style to the Telltale ones. So you've got lots of cutscenes where you learn kind of bits of information, and then you've got to make key choices, key decisions. Um, all of the choices we made were it was either A or B, and it seemed uh, some sometimes it didn't seem like you had much of a choice. You're almost deciding the best of a worst choice. Um, it was quite interesting though, and something it did different for Telltale games. You actually had the ability to play up to four players locally. Um, each person would be on a controller, and you could all try and make the decisions together. But in order to progress, you had to unanimously decide on something. That kind of encouraged some couch discussion in a way. Um, you could override the choice if you wanted to. Yeah, you had tiebreakers, didn't you? But you had mm. a limited amount of them. But we didn't realize, like, really grasp how that mechanic worked because it was either left or right to pick for choice on the stick. And then you seem to hold left or right to use a tiebreaker. Hmm. Yeah, it was tricky at start because we just blew all our tiebreakers instantly. Yeah. Uh, and then we had to agree with each other after that, which is no fun. Yeah. Um, the title did have uh, mixed integration as well, though, which was quite neat. So we set that up as soon as we could, and people in the chat got a vote left or vote right option on the screen as the choices came up in game. And we could see the percentages um, dipping in and out on the screen live in game. So we could see our 67% of people in the chat think we should pick this choice. And then we got the final say in that. Mm -hmm. um, right, it was okay. a neat way to get the audience involved, mm. people watching the stream. And it was uh, pretty good overall. If you like the Telltale games, definitely one to look out for. And it did the same um, concept when you got to the end of a chapter. It kind of gave you a breakdown of um, which characters you sided with, who liked you, who didn't like you, and stuff like that. Um, good overall, though. And we managed three achievements for 55 gamer score in the hour. Yeah, we got some okay achievements. I think I agree with the thing you said before, is that some of the choices just... Obviously, none of the choices were meaningless, but mm -hmm. some of them just seemed like you're basically doing the same thing with a tiny difference. So it didn't feel impactful at all, really. Yeah, it didn't. So um, I didn't really describe <laughs> describe the plot of the game that well, but um, you start off and you're playing as the apes. Um, so you're kind of making choices for them. And then each chapter seems to consist of two main parts. You start off as either the apes and then switch to the humans or vice versa. And it kind of builds up a bit of a story of um, how the apes don't like the humans or are kind of scared of the humans. And the humans are scared of the apes. That's where the conflict comes into it. Um, but we had a point where we went and rustled some cattle from the humans. <laughs> and uh, we ended up accidentally killing a human, yeah. uh, which was via a quick time event. But the quick time event was just push A of a correct point or yeah. don't push A at all and then it'd pick a different, kind of do a different action. Jack was brutal with the, with the deaths. Jack just didn't care. He's just killing everyone left and right for the cattle. Well, we, we had a chap, uh, an ape called Tola, who had an AK-47. Yeah. <laughs> it was just bizarre. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen Planet of the Apes, I think it's probably a bit more bizarre than you know, yeah. you're used to. But I think if you know about those films and the mm. franchise of Planet of the Apes, it's probably uh, all fairly familiar. Yeah, but, but um, we, we went and rustled these cattle over there. Then we went back to the kind of king of the apes, had a chat with him, and he was um, he was 
adamant that we should stay on the mountain, but we went off the mountain to get these cattle. Yeah. And then we could either, we, we could kind of lie to him or tell the truth. We told the truth. And then we had a second choice after that, which it was effectively the same choice on both options and it mm. didn't feel like a choice at all. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Um, then up after that, we played a game called Brawl Out for an hour. And yes. this is a couch and online fighting game. And it's in a very similar vein to Super Smash Bros. It's effectively a clone. Um, but again, it, Super Smash Bros. works well. The mechanics in that work well. So why reinvent the wheel? The main thing that made me draw a comparison to Smash Bros. was how the damage worked in it. So as you took damage, you had a percentage um, that increased at the bottom of the screen. And the higher your damage percentage, the more subsequent attacks would actually affect you. So if somebody just punched you once, and then it wouldn't do much to you if you're at 0% damage, but if you're at 100% damage, you'd fly kind of two or three meters as opposed to the one meter you'd normally fly. Um, so it was all about trying to get as many attacks on people, increase their damage as much as possible, and then knock them out of the arena, either off the top of the screen, the left or the right of the screen, or make them fall off the side. And you had a similar uh, kind of Smash Bros-esque ability. You could double jump, and then you had a dash in the air to try and get back onto the arena mm -hmm. if you were in danger of falling off. And again, similar to Smash Bros, character choices. It was a bit of a mishmash of characters from different games. Um, so you had people like uh, the Drifter from Hyperlight Drifter, which was a little top-down adventure game. Uh, you have a chameleon from Ukulele, which you could play as. Um, we played as a falcon for most of it. Mm, I don't not, know if he was from another game or not. I don't, I'm not no, no idea. I don't know if some of the characters were original and some were from other games, but... Mm. It was interesting though. Um, the achievement list was kind of grindy. Mm. A lot of win X fights online. Yeah. Um, win 200 get, matches online, ETC. Yeah. Get yeah. each character's mastery to level 15, which probably take a long, long time. Yeah, I had quite a lot of fun with it though. Uh, having, mm -hmm. I've never really played Smash Bros. So maybe if I, I had, then I would be, um, you know, complaining that this is, you know, just whatever, mm -hmm. a, a ripoff of, of Smash Bros. But having not played it, I, I had quite a lot of fun. I thought it was a really good uh, okay. good idea for a game, even though it's not that original, clearly. But um, Yeah, it felt, um, as I say, why reinvent the wheel? It had solid mechanics. Mechanics worked well. Mm -hmm. It was different in a sense, but it had kind of the same core. But yeah. Yeah, good fun, though. In the hour, we managed two achievements for 40 gamer score. Yeah, not bad. Okay, so now we're on to Wednesday stream, which is my... Never winter stream for an hour and a half. My monthly never winter journey, I'll call it. Um, this time I was playing on Xbox, so I've kind of switched back and forth between characters because I've done some PC streams. Um, and on PC, I've got like a mage type character, Warlock, and on Xbox is like some kind of fighter class, I think. Great fighter, it's called. And for those who don't know, Neverwinter's a MMO that's playable on PC and Xbox. I think that's it. But um, might be on other platforms as well. But I was just leveling up my character basically for an hour and a half. I quite enjoy, well, I used to enjoy them like a lot, a lot. But I've always enjoyed um, like MMO online role-playing games. So yeah, I was just 
killing stuff for an hour and a half, essentially getting loads of OP loot and stuff because we've got codes that we can use for the game. So had ridiculously powerful weapons and stuff, uh, which I was using to one-shot everything. Uh, didn't get any achievements. I, d- I don't know what the list is like for Neverwinter. I think there's like 150 different achievements you can get. So maybe I'm close to getting one. I hit level 10. And I thought that might have been one because I think the level cap's 70. And there might be, like I was kind of anticipating there was going to be an achievement for every 10 levels, but clearly not. And I got my mount as well, which you get a level 10. So I could ride a horse around everywhere. I'll be doing another one of those next month, I'd imagine, at the same kind of time. And then we move on to Thursday streams, and I played Phantom Doctrine uh, basically on my own for a while. Jack joined near the end and saw a little bit of it, but um, I think from what I've seen and what I've heard, it's essentially a um, XCOM clone. So basically, it's a turn-based strategy game where you play people who have guns and they have a chance to hit the enemy who also have guns um and you can play as the <laughs> descriptions <laughs> play people with guns who also have guns i think it was kgb against cia wasn't it yeah it was KGB, CIA. Against, I think, uh, um, if you pick kgb you were in russia if you pick cia you were in america um yeah. and i pick kgb as you do mm-hmm. and i was controlling a team of kind of rogue Russian agents, I guess, and I was fighting against the um, the Russian military. Um, and you kind of have an, an objective in each mission where you have mm-hmm. to achieve some objective um, and then get out again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were in a building and you had to go and collect some evidence, didn't you? I did, yeah. Well, I had to find... Uh, some guy to arrest but then we found he was dead and then the objective changed to uh, yeah. finding why so he was dead finding that trap then disabling the alarms then that was an optional thing case. so they had the concept of trespassing um, and you could walk around anywhere you want normally mm-hmm. but as soon as you were in someone else's territory then if you got seen then you would get shot at essentially um, mm-hmm. and you could reduce the area of like enemy vision by turning off the camera system mm-hmm and only one of your characters could do it. So you had to get them to that room to turn it off. But the trade-off was that that would take more turns. And there was a kind of a countdown timer, which mm-hmm. after which the enemy enforcements would arrive. So mm-hmm. I had four turns, I think it was, before the enemy reinforcements arrived. And then, you know, you'd have like 10 guys outside shooting at you. So obviously that's not what you want to do. I think I would have completed the level. We ended the stream before I could complete it, but um, I got near to the end. Yeah, you just called in an evacuation vehicle, hadn't you? Mm-hmm. But it seemed like that was going to be a couple of turns at least to get yeah. over to there. That's the same kind of thing. You have to wait until your evac arrives. Yeah. I quite um, liked the style of it, though. It was uh, nice having it was like a cross-section of a building, mm-hmm. and you could move up and down the floors independent to see where your characters were, and you got um, glowing silhouettes on if you even weren't kind of on the floor that they were supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. It's been um, quite well for that. It was quite well done. I mean, it was not full price, but it's £32, I think. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of expecting a lot of yeah. content and a lot of like options, I suppose. I definitely uh, call it double A title. Double A, yeah. And um, I think it was. I think it was quite well polished. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of options, lots, a lot of ways to play. And I think you could kind of spec out your squad. Mm-hmm. I only played two levels. So I think I was kind of still in the tutorial stage, but eventually you could kind of 
you know, choose your squad's abilities and stuff. So mm-hmm. you customize your squad to the encounter you're going to take on. Mm-hmm. I think it's very similar to XCOM. I've never played XCOM, but I've seen videos of it being played and it looks very similar. Um, yeah. the, the only difference being that I think XCOM, there's all, everything's based on percentages. So like percentage chance you have to hit someone uh, from across the map would be tiny. But in this game, there wasn't percentages. It was just damage. So the further someone was away, the less damage you did to them. So it's slightly different in that aspect, but um, for those of you who would be familiar with XCOM, it's it's basically the uh, same kind of game. Managed zero achievements in that one yeah. in the uh, in the hour, but it looks like there might be some issues going on with the unlocks you were suggesting. Yeah, I was looking at the list this morning. Either the achievements are ridiculously difficult, or no one's bothering <laughs> to get that far in the game, or they're bugged because like. I think like 90% of the achievements are, um, you know, not unlocked by anyone. Mm, That's something to keep an eye on then. Cool. Then up after Phantom Doctrine, we streamed a game called Spectrum for an hour. This is a little platformer set in a abstract world. And you play a small black orb that's kind of suspended in air. Um, And you can push the A button to jump and the B button to dive. Yeah, you need multiple presses of buttons to actually gain and lose height um, because you're suspended in air. And you need to try and get from point A to point B and avoid basically anything that isn't white. Um, You can touch white walls. That's absolutely fine. It won't do any damage to you. But anything that's kind of a dull pastel color will do one block of damage and you have um, three blocks of health. And anything that's a really vivid, bright color, that's an insta-death. Um, but as you're going through the level, you do have the, you can come across collectibles as well, little orbs, and they do regenerate some of your health for you. Um, there are tons and tons of levels on it, and each of the levels had three objectives. So you could finish the level, finish the level in under a certain amount of time, and finish the level and collect everything. And if you did all three of those together, it was a perfect run. I think there's an achievement for getting perfect on each level which is going to be a tall order. Kudos to anyone that can do that. Um, It was a really good game. They're simple mechanics. um, They seem to work well. It's stacked kind of more difficult sections on top as you went through the levels. So the first few levels, it was just um, getting from point A to point B, avoiding anything that's colored and quite simple. Uh, Then it started introducing moving platforms. Uh, Then you'd get to levels where perspective became like a a thing to watch out for. Um, So you'd be stuck in one plane and the background would be moving forwards and backwards, which was colored. And you'd have to move across kind of open space and make sure that you were in a gap when the background met the plane you were on Mm -hmm. to avoid uh, an insta-death. Yeah. Um, it was really cool, though. Some really cool mechanics and concepts thrown in. Uh, what did yeah. you think of it, Ali? Yeah, I quite liked it. It was a good idea. It was almost like you were kind of swimming the entire time. Yeah. That's good. Could, it, well, there wasn't gravity in the game. It was just like being in water or something. But, um, yeah, I like that aspect of it. And mm-hmm. um, I think it introduced the mechanics in a, in a good way. It, it was a mm. steady increase of difficulty until right at the end of the stream we were taking, you know, many attempts to finish a level which is you know. yeah i think the last level we got to the 
time requirement for the time bonus objective was 90 seconds and it doesn't sound like a long time but there aren't any checkpoints in the level so if you die it's all the way back to the start um the way the chapters work it seems to start you off and each level or have a different new mechanic in it and then when you get to the later levels in the chapter it'll be bunching all of those mechanics into one for you so you might have like cubes that are moving across the map. And if you touch those, it's an instant death. You might have doorways that you need to open by hitting a switch, um, stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so we managed three achievements for 160 gamer score overall. It looks like it's a tough list if you want the completion, but just by playing the game, you should get quite a hefty amount of score. So worth looking into if you like platformers. Okay, great. Next week, we've got... Uh especially Tuesday looks awesome. We've got Strange Brigade, which kind of reminds me of the uh, Zombie Army trilogy the game that we played a couple of years ago. Rebellion. Yeah, same mm-hmm. developers, and it's they make the Sniper Elite games. So it's like a, an ID game that's probably a AAA, really. Yeah. Uh, we got Daisy, which sounds exciting. I've not really seen anything of it. I know people have been hyped for that for a good while. And then Thursday, we got 1979 Revolution Black Friday and Defenders of Ekron Definitive Edition. I think I don't know much about the Revolution one, but I know Defenders of Ekron. That was like a kind of bullet hell uh, twin okay. stick shooter that I think might be one Richard, we want to yeah, get Rich on then because he's good at this. <laughs> yeah. The genre that Rich yeah. is good at. <laughs> All right, moving on to some news. So the big one for us this week, we got the exclusive reveal of the Forza Horizon 4 achievement list, which was very nice. Got to speak to them quite a bit at Gamescom. Cool guys. The list, I don't know if you've had a proper look through it, boys, but if you played Horizon 3, it doesn't seem like it's going to be as grindy. There was always in Horizon 3 and 2 and 1, there was like Mm -hmm. a complete every race and last year it was complete every championship. There's no kind of mention of them at all this time. But there is one for getting to level 200, so you're still going to have to play for a fair old while. There's down uh, every road as well, isn't there, still? Yeah, I don't mind them achievements. I know there was quite a few people on Twitter saying that what a nightmare they are, because there's always like a, a tiny little road that joins two others that there's like a pixel wide that people miss. As long as they've changed the um, colour on the map of the road you've driven down made it a bit more obvious. I think that will definitely help uh, out. But yeah, it looks good. There's some new stuff. Like, there wasn't anything about the bucket lists either, which were always quite a big thing in the games. But there's new bits now. So there's Horizon Stories, which are like little narrative-driven bits of the game. So for one of the examples they gave us when they were telling us about it is, like, you'll be the owner of a taxi company. But obviously, you're not mm-hmm. driving at 30 miles an hour. And, and there was some kind of nods to other games. I think she mentioned another one that's kind of um, like a nod to Crazy Taxi. So there's all these different ones. They mm-hmm. might replace the bucket list, I guess. Well, so you just like start in a st- in the middle of a, some kind of story in each one? Or is it... I don't know how long they are, but they, like, they, she said the little narrative-driven bit. So I don't know... They, the bucket lists were kind of... Like, I remember last year, the bucket lists were in Forza Horizon 3 when they gave you the chance to actually, you know, design them yourself. 
people were making little stories out of them. Like I remember one of them was somebody had put um, an RAC van mm-hmm. design on the, on a on like a Ford Transit van, and it was raining. And, you had to, and they said like you had to get to this specific spot on the map, you know, quickly to save a car okay. or something. So it kind of sounds like an advance on from cool. that, maybe. Oh, that's quite I cool. loved um, some of the achievement names on the list. There's obviously a lot of thought that's gone into the requirements, but the names as well. <laughs> yeah. This is ones like uh, Hatch Me If You Can and Coronation Tricking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that Coronation Tricking one's got like 90... You need to earn 195,300 points in a skill yeah. chain, so it's, yeah, it's a nod to the Coronation. Yeah. There's one for owning a huh. castle, which... There's one that references the Mighty Boosh. I remember that looking at it, bouncy, but I can't bouncy, remember which one yeah. it is. But that's it. Yeah, that's it. Bouncy, bouncy. Bouncy, bouncy. I mean, we we played a bit of it at Gamescom and we had like a presentation. And I know Rich is obviously at this event today. So when we do actually get round to doing our Gamescom podcast, I'm sure we'll tell you loads about the game and the other stuff we played because there is tons. Uh, Games with Gold for next month got announced the other day. We are going to get Prison Architect oh, throughout the whole of September. Live Lock from September 16th to October the 15th. And then the 360 games are Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars from the 1st to the 15th. And Sega Vintage Collection Monster World from the 16th to the 30th. Don't know about you, but that seems like a bit of a, a meh month. For me. <laughs> We've had some really good months recently, so... Can't really complain. Yeah. If the only one I probably might dabble with Prison Architect, but I've played it on the PC yeah. before and it's um something that probably suits a keyboard and mouse. Is it like um Dungeon Keeper? Um not too sure. It's like a simulation game. Uh, this just... is top down you design a prison and you're oh. the warden of a prison. Because I was going to say, I've never, I've, uh, I think I've heard of Prison Architect, but never really checked it out. And live log, I always confuse Prison Architect so. with the um, of a Team Seventeen game um, <laughs> where you've got to try and escape from the prison. <laughs> I don't know why, but totally different concept. Okay, some more news. FIFA nineteen. Yesterday we picked up, I think exclusively again, good week for exclusive. We picked up the release date for the demo which uh, should be coming on September the 13th. The mm-hmm. store page we picked it up on didn't have any details at all as regarding what kind of game modes would be in it. But if it's anything like the last couple, it's going to just have like a normal kickoff mode. So you'd be able to play against the computer or against a friend locally. And uh, the, I think the last couple of years, he's both been 13 clubs to play as. So probably something similar. And then you might be able to get like a little intro into this year's version of the journey with Alex Hunter. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. So a good, proper... good taster of a game expected then. Yeah. Although to be honest, like the last few demos I've played have been quite different than the actual game. <laughs> so so they're, they're obviously still tweaking bits of the game right up until it releases. So, but yeah, they give you some of the new features. Uh, I heard um, Rich say that, um, that FIFA 19 is literally going to be the same game as FIFA 18, but the the clubs are just going to be a little bit different. Like the players will be different, and like the kits might be a bit different, and that's it. I think it's one of them. Like if you played FIFA, like say for one week in a year, where you played a few matches and then left it, yeah, it's the same every year. But if you play it a lot, 
there's loads of little differences that come into it, you know, okay. new animations and like, I know the shooting's different this year, like you can time shots perfectly and stuff like that. Oh, okay. That's fair so enough. You, so if you like connecting with a cross, you can like, the the more in time you hit it, the better connection they'll make and the more chance you have of scoring and that kind of thing. So I, I think it's, yeah, like it's probably the same with me playing Madden. I probably play Madden for a week every year. <laughs> And it's dead easy to go. Do you know it's the same game? Yeah, true. Whereas if you're playing Madden, lots and lots and lots, of, I suppose there'd be loads of little loads of differences, differences in the speed of the game and you know different aspects that I wouldn't notice. But I think FIFA's probably similar to that this year. Okay. Oh, that's fair enough. I mean, I don't play FIFA myself, so it's, um... I think um, <laughs> it's going to be uh, there. Definitely be more changes on the Xbox One version, but a version that came out of a blue, at least for me, was uh, there's an Xbox 360 release as well, which was a bit bizarre. Yeah. That's obviously doesn't have a journey mode, so it's just for pure online mode and uh, kind of season mode, isn't it? And I don't, I guess that doesn't run on Frostbite either. I'm guessing not, but I, was, I suppose there's older versions of Frostbite, aren't mm, they, for yeah. like Battlefield it's 3 fair, on fair point. the 360 and stuff, so they might be it. Let's dig the old version out of the uh, filing cabinet, put it back in. <laughs> uh, there was rumours while we were at Gamescom of a thing called Xbox All Access originally people were kind of thinking it would be uh, just a gold and game pass together as one subscription uh, it finally got announced strangely these loads of announcements after gamescom which made no sense but they've announced it now xbox all access it's going to be a way for you to buy either an xbox one x or an xbox one s with gold and Game Pass, and it's going to be a monthly subscription subject to credit checks and all that kind of thing. So, I. Gold and everything bundled in. I think it's a really good deal. They don't. They don't seem to be. Made, they're not charging any interest on it or anything like that. It's just the payment over two years. So I think it's quite a cool option for those who want to get into it and maybe haven't got the funds to do it in one hit. Yeah, and it's a pretty good deal just in terms of the. Because you think Xbox Live Gold, that's what forty quid a yeah. year. So you're looking at eighty quid for that, then a Game Pass subscription is what eight quid a month. Yeah. So it's you're getting quite quite a lot of um, bang for your buck. I don't think the Xbox One X deal is as good as the Xbox One S deal. Yeah. Um, but like, what? So but, an S is twenty two dollars a month, and you're on a two year plan, and the X is thirty five dollars a month and a two year plan. I suppose the only thing with them is that you can imagine in two years an S will have probably got a price drop, and an X will have probably got a price drop. Yeah. So you're probably paying very more cool. over time in terms of it that way. But if you were just going to buy a an an X and Games Pass and Gold mm-hmm. from Microsoft Store, I think it's pretty much this, a similar price. I think it definitely makes sense for a new user if they're gonna if they're looking at getting something in the next kind of six months or whatever to do this. But then after that period, there's obviously always before there could be another console on the horizon or. Yeah. Stuff like that, and if you're tied into it for two years. Well, also, if you don't like like the console and you want to sell it on or whatever, then you have that option if you've if you've bought it outright. But well, you, if you're paying I suppose you still month, have that option. You just have to keep up with your payment plans, wouldn't yeah. you? 
Well, it's in the price of it. Like, it's cheaper than a mobile phone contract. But, you know, you get an iPhone or something mm. for two years or whatever. It's not cheaper than my phone, my <laughs> mobile phone contract. <laughs> I'm on GiveGaff, the lightest of the lightweight. But, yeah, I mean, if you if you include a phone in a contract, you're looking at 40, 50 quid a month, aren't you? So. Yeah, oh, true. Yeah. So, I, mean, I, I think it sounds reasonable and it's... I, I remember when years ago they were kind of rumoring this kind of might have been when the x oh sorry when the original xbox one was launching you know there was going to be like a payment plan option possibly so uh, yeah i think it's a good idea for obviously it's not for everybody some people just pay it outright and get it that way but for those who can't afford it i think it's a great way to get into being an xbox one owner okay next up we got the game pass additions for next month so we've got Avon Colony, uh, Guiana Sisters Twisted Dreams Director's Cut, Halo The Master Chief Collection, which I know is a big one for people. A lot of people are excited for that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Inner Space, Manuel Samuel, Onrush, which obviously that studio has now been closed. So we got really good reviews. I, I reviewed it, really enjoyed it. I know Mark played it when it was on a free trial recently, and he's loving it. So it's a weird one, that. It's like... Everybody who plays it yeah, seems to it, really enjoy it. It's just it didn't... Sounds like it was the right game, just for wrong time, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, I played it as well, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, and I don't usually, like... I'm not usually, like, a huge fan of racing games. But, yeah, I don't know. I know it's not necessarily a racing game, but... Maybe it's the uh, price point of it, you know, being a full price title. Maybe if it was a... You know, like a, mm. a more like a double-A kind of price, like a... I wonder how it could have affected things if they'd like released it as a like started off. I know they've done a free weekend with gold yeah. where you could play it. But if they would have done one of those initially or like a free week to start with, just to get a bit of a player base building. Do you think there was not enough content in the game to justify a AAA price tag then, or or what? Or what's the what's the reasoning for wanting it to be cheaper? Is it just? I think. Not enough people seem to be interested in the idea of it for the price. Like, mm. I played it and I, like I say, to be honest, I played it as a review, so obviously I got it free. I really enjoyed it, gave it a really good score, but I don't know if I'm reading reviews, I would have paid full price, you know, to pick it up. I don't think it tempted me in like some other games would. It would have been like a wait for a yeah. sale, and I think when it's kind of largely got an online kind of, component and lots of co-op and stuff like that. It probably needs players to be playing it for you to get a proper experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a bit an odd one. Yeah. There's like almost like a snowball effect where no one's playing it and then there's no one else to play with online, so everyone else stops yeah. playing. I mean, they've added stuff afterwards, like they added ranked mode in it and stuff like that, so it's enough there, but I think definitely check it out in Game Pass if you have it and haven't played it already. Uh, also getting Quantum Break, another good game, uh, Shadow Warrior, Skyforce Reloaded, and Snake Pass. So there's some decent games in there this month coming. Sure, yeah. I'll, I might um, check out some of the uh, Halo games. Yeah. I've never played the earlier Halos, and I loved Halo 3, so maybe a chance to check those out. I'm not telling, it's just the, the 500 nod achievements puts me off. <laughs> playing it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that's pretty brutal so another bit of, I don't know this is, this seems like an odd one I've kind of been worried about Battlefield 5 for a while 
Um, they've announced yesterday, I think it was, that they're actually pushing the release back. Uh, not by much, it's just a, a month back into November. But I don't know, they just don't seem to be showing enough of the game so far compared to previous years to really kind of convince me everything's all right with it. I think um, from a lot of the stuff I've seen, it it looks the same as Battlefield 1, which is kind of expected. It's same engine, same kind of graphics, but like I haven't seen much of... I know they've overhauled the movement system and stuff like that, but I haven't seen much fanfare around that no. stuff. I want to see Battle Royale mode. Mm. Where's, the, where's the footage well, of that? So I yeah, see. I mean, to me, the multiplayer looks very similar from what we've seen, but we haven't seen, you know, the the big matches that they normally show at E3 and stuff like that. There's none of that. That was 64-player, yeah. Um, obviously, the campaign mode should be six different scenarios completely. We've not seen anything of them, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. That. And then the Battle Royale, obviously, is the really unique thing for it this year that we haven't seen anything else. I've got to say, I'm, I've been uh, keeping up to date, but more on the PC side of things. So with the NVIDIA um, 2080 graphics cards that are coming out, and they're going to support um, a thing called RTX, which is real-time ray tracing. And um, I watched kind of a 20-minute video on uh, that the other night, specifically on Battlefield Five, And that looks really, really impressive. But it's got me more excited for um, this iteration of the game on PC than it has on console. Because <laughs> console obviously won't be able to support that for a while. And it's going to be years and years before consoles have those capabilities. Hmm. Do you think not even the next gen will have those kind of capabilities? Uh, it'd be a stretch, I think. Because mm. um, a minute with from the video I watched, um, they've got it working for real time ray tracing stuff on PC, but it's sixty frames. It's above sixty frames a second on 1080p, but 4K it drops down to about twenty five frames a second. Right. A minute, yeah. So, and that's with a very expensive graphics card. Yeah, that's the high end, mm. I guess. To bundle that with a console. I think we need to hit the point of modular consoles for anything like that to happen. Yeah, that that point, a modular console is basically just a computer. Well, it's already basically just a computer, yeah. but it's basically just building a Cute computer. Swappable like, components. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's going to be pushed back to November the 20th now, so you'll have to wait for that. But there is a beta which begins uh, next week on September the 6th, if you are going to get into that. Okay. I've got to hope the feedback from that beat is good, otherwise they might push it again to implement more improvements. I mean, we, when we were at Gamescom, we, we got to play it, but there was no kind of presentation. We just sat down and played the game. I don't okay. think Rich was particularly impressed because it was multiplayer, and you know what Battlefield's like? If you just jump in in the middle of a match, it's quite easy. You, you, you spawn, yeah, it's a bit overwhelming. You spawn way back, so you run for five minutes to get to like one of the points that need capture, and then you can die pretty much straight away, which I think was happening yeah. quite a lot. Uh, I got into it after a little bit, but yeah, it, it looked beautiful. It, it was running on PC, so I don't, I don't know how mm-hmm. comparable that is to the what we'll get on the Xbox okay. One. But yeah, it was very much a feeling of Battlefield 1 with some new weapons and different maps, basically, was what I got from it. Okay. All right, last up this week, we got some new special edition things have been announced. So we've got a white Xbox One X, which is going to be bundled with Fallout 76. I don't know if you've seen the console. It looks a bit odd because the bottom's still black. 
I think it just feels bizarre to me because they're calling it Robot White <laughs> and it's like they've just stuck Robot yeah. in there to kind of link it in some way to Fallout. Yeah, it's a bit... I was expecting kind of some custom paint job, make it look like it's been in a post-apocalyptic world, some rust effect on it or yeah, something like yeah. that. But just a nice, clean, white console, it doesn't really fit with the Fallout aesthetics, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, it's not like a... I don't know, you're expecting like a custom console, aren't you, when they announce this, but... Yeah, even like a like a yellow stripe on it, like for in the Fallout 76 logo, yeah. or just something to tie it more back to... The game itself, right? Console. I'm sure, I'm guessing they might bundle this console with like Farza and things as well at, at later in the year. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe you can uh, draw be, your own artwork onto it. It'll be like racing a white edition <laughs> for Farza. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. You can have a, a horse white edition for Red Dead. It's a bit plain Jane in it. I don't know why they've yeah. done it. But yeah, it's going to be coming on November the 14th, and if you order it, you get access to the beta for Fallout 76 as well so if you want to order it the link's on the store to the stores there and I think it's exclusive to GameStop in America although these and then just international partners so you'll have to check your local gaming shops if you want to pick it up and you're not in the US and then the other thing that was announced which is something I do like the look of more is a special edition white Xbox Elite controller which does look very snazzy if I do say so Mm-hmm. But I can just imagine how dirty it's going to get. <laughs> yeah, white picks up the uh, dust and scratches and stuff. Yeah, um, it's also interesting they've kept the grips on the bottom of the controller. There's, yeah, great. Um, whatever. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, it seems a bit odd because there was rumours one they have there being a, an elite version two, and mm-hmm. this is just exactly the same as the the the, the previous route released elite yeah, there's no kind um, of advancements or anything with it no i think everybody was expecting it to be the elite v2 wasn't it but again there's been as you say no official news about that at all so we don't even know if that is a is a thing no it's just a presumed but yeah it looks nice. i'm i'm my my elite i, I think i've mentioned i'm on my second one that's died so I might pick one up. I think it's $150 in America. It's like 120 UK. Yeah. And again, it- yeah, I might look into one too because I've started getting some stick drift on my current Elite. But yeah, it looks quite neat. If you can look after them, they are very good controllers. I'm just not sure about how dirty it's going to get with my kids eating them, eating what-sits and playing with it at the same time. <laughs> stuff That's good. <laughs> Pretty manky. Okay, that's really it for the news. There's one bit I think Jack wants to talk about, which is the cyberpunk reveal. Yeah, I thought it was worth just a quick mention at least. Um, But cyberpunk, they did a stream on, I think it was Monday. And basically for the entire day, they were streaming part of a an image in base 64 and then it eventually got to the end of it and said uploading and at six o'clock a gameplay reveal trailer went live it was 48 minutes of footage from the game yeah which is quite exciting it's the first time they've shown it outside of press presentations at events so it was the stuff they showed at e3 and the stuff they showed at gamescom yeah so i think you've seen this too dave i did it was uh pretty impressive i've got to say I think it was kind of spoiled a little bit, you know, because everybody who came out of E3 was kind of blown away with it. And people were really raving about it. So you go in with like this crazy idea of what it could be, 
when you go in to watch it. And then it, I don't know, it's hard to say I came away disappointed because obviously it looked amazing and looks really cool, all the things you're talking about. But maybe it didn't quite live up to the hype. But yeah, it looked okay. pretty impressive. I, I haven't seen the trailer properly. Did they have a guy kind of commentating over it or was it just purely gameplay? Yeah, they, they did have a guy commentating over it as well. Yeah, so you got all the audio and stuff from the game, but then occasionally um, they just explain what was going on. Okay. And kind of your character V at this point is going to meet up with uh, Dexter Deshawn or whatever, who is this person? A little bit of background. Yeah, so it sounds probably like they're running the same script that they were using mm-hmm. in the presentation, which was cool because it was a it wasn't just a video playing. There was actually a guy playing the game. He'd obviously played it for weeks and weeks and weeks I suppose so he, he was pretty slick at it but yeah what do you think of it from seeing it like it's very first person it seems like quite a lot of action yeah I was quite surprised actually I was um I was surprised by how it kind of, I say RPG heavy it was kind of it's still RPG light in a sense but I was expecting it to be lighter um than it was being first person because I I never really put first person RPG together in fact I know that sounds weird because Fallout's obviously like first-person RPG and stuff like that. Um, it looked phenomenal, though. Graphically, it looked insane. It looked like the story missions had depth to them. It gave you choices on how you could do everything in the game. With the mission they showed off, there were multiple ways they could have done it. It was just really impressive. Yeah, I think the same thing. Like On top of all the things you've said the the effort they've put into detailing the the environments and the world is insane basically it's, it's like the witcher is there's just little details everywhere that make it so much more convincing than a lot of other games you know it's amazing the kind of environment they built up as well and they were describing it like the city is in these big blocks and then each of the blocks has their kind of own yeah, environment, little society, society. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it seems to be and, vertically dense. Yeah, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. You don't usually see that in games. But just when he walks, when she walked out of the um, like her apartment block place, and then she was just like in the middle of a crowd of people, and they're all crossing the road and stuff, and like spreading out, and they're all mm-hmm. these different kind of people doing different things everywhere. They were kind insane. of they were walking close to shops, and you could hear the interaction between the shopkeeper and the. Like customer and stuff like that, and it's picking up and kind of highlighting bits of audio as you're going. Yeah, so I remember that bit being blown away as she walks out, and it's like wow. And I remember them saying, I don't know if you said that on the video, that um, each of the people in the game have you know got a routine that they'll run and stuff like that, so they're not just like mm-hmm. icons mm-hmm. on a screen. They'll actually move around and do their own daily things and tasks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, it looks. Like they kept emphasizing how much of an RPG it is, I think, because you know, you get that kind of impression of it just being like an action game, you know, from the, the perspective mm-hmm. from what they're showing and all the crazy mm-hmm. gunfights and stuff that are going on. But I think it will be quite RPG heavy from what they were saying. I, I really liked the upgrade system as well. So she went to kind of a backstreet dealer yeah. and he um, put some augments, augmentations in for her. And um, before that point, the character had a gun, but there was no HUD on the screen. Yeah. 
And then as soon as they put this grip into her hand, she could grip the gun and then it'd show you your bullets of the bottom left-hand corner, what gun you had, some other stats. See, I think that's really cool because um, it makes a HUD kind of believable, doesn't it? All these little bits that... Yeah. Did you see the bit where she had... Because uh, when she got the gun thing in her hand, mm-hmm. she also got something done to her eyes. And mm-hmm. um, there was a bit where she, they said that like the adverts in the world would be tailored to you. Did you see that? Yes. So she looked at an advert yeah. for like an energy drink or something. And then through her hood, through the glasses, or not glasses, the new eyes or whatever she's got in the augmented vision thing, you could see how far it was to the nearest machine to, get, machine. <laughs> to get a drink. That's good though, because it's, it's kind of a way for them to introduce hints and cues into the environment without having a big arrow floating in the air telling you, go this way, do that, yeah. or like a mini map or whatever. It's kind of believable immersion. Yeah. I loved the bit when sure. they were actually putting the eye in as well. And it changed your perspective. Everything went black. Yeah. And then suddenly you were looking from the direction of a, an eye and you could see yourself in the third yeah, person. Yeah. Looks some um, quality. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I'll definitely be playing it as well. on purchase, I think. Yeah, I think it is for a lot of people, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, still no date or anything yet, though, is it? God knows when that's going. No, no idea. We think next year, maybe. They, I, I saw a story a couple of days ago that said it's actually that CD Projekt Red said it's actually finished. Like the game is yeah, pretty much the finished. main story is playable from start to finish. So it sounds like oh, it's okay. fleshing out the kind of side quests, side quests. and other bits ah, pieces. But okay. My guess of the minute would be late 2019, early 2020. Yeah. Hopefully next year. It'll be good. Okay, uh, moving on to some back compat. Yeah, so big one this week. We had Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 go back compat. Yeah, a lot of love for that one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have been tweeting Major Nelson for that for years, haven't they? Yeah, there was always some ridiculous hackers in in, in some of the COD servers. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I remember joining, when the game first came out, the first couple of weeks, I joined a game and just got instant. 10th prestige or whatever like just everyone in the game just got like infinity xp i wonder if they could um work around that if there's some way for them to detect that you're running the game via back compat and only match those people up obviously they had any server changes and stuff but yeah that'd be quite cool effectively make sure you're never playing against hackers and stuff then okay uh moving on to some questions ollie yeah we got three today and the first is question of the week, as always, and it's from Andrew Servinsky. Sorry, if that's not how you pronounce your name, but I think it might be. <laughs> okay, so with Ubisoft tacking on a New Game Plus achievement to force people to play through the entire game again, what are your thoughts on this approach to extend the game's playtime? Is this something you'd want to do even for your favorite game? Uh, I've got a couple of thoughts. Um the only game I've actually really put a lot of time into that has a new game plus mode is Dark Souls. And I think Dark Souls was actually one of the first, maybe I'm wrong about that, but one of the first like big AAA games to have a new game plus mode. And I never actually got into it. And I don't have anything wrong with a new game plus mode in essence, because if people really love a game, they want to keep playing it and they want more challenges, that's absolutely fine with me. But I think basing achievements on it might be a little bit too far um, especially when a game like Dark Souls you you know you might sink hundreds of hours into it I'm not sure if Dark Souls actually had any achievements based on the new game plus mode though so it could be not relevant but yeah 
What do you guys think? It's a bit of a, a strong way to put it to say you're forcing people to play through the game, isn't it? Like they're probably taking into no consideration or very, very little consideration, like achievement hunters. There's probably they probably had loads of feedback after the game release from people saying it, you know, it's too easy or I want to play it again, but I've got no reason to or something like that, which mm-hmm. is why they've added this in. And they probably just thought, oh, it'd be cool, you know, to reward people who get to do it again with an achievement or a trophy. I'd, I doubt they're thinking, oh, we'll force the whatever fifty thousand people on TA to play the game again just so we can get another fifty hours out of them or whatever. <laughs> I don't think they think that. At all. Yeah, I must say he put force in uh, quotation marks, which I didn't say in the question. So, but yeah, I think I agree. It's not really forcing someone to do and it. You don't it? have to do it okay. if if, you, if you're obsessed with completions and that's the way you have to play. I guess you have to be prepared for this kind of thing, don't you? Mm. It's more the second part, which is you know, it's basically extending a game's playtime for not that much effort on on the part of the developer arguably like you might have to put in a little bit of effort to get that going but essentially it's just the game again with all the numbers tuned up Mm. in 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 a lot of cases so it's like it's kind of a bit of an artificial way to add playtime like if you enjoy the game though and if they do add an achievement for it it can um it almost gives you a sense of achievement being able to get through it on that new difficulty yeah as you say, yeah, it's not really forcing you. It's, it's forced, forcing the people that want to keep the completion, isn't it? Yeah, true. I mean, the people who really enjoy the game are going to do it anyway, I guess, yeah. regardless of the achievement. Yeah, there's probably far more people who probably get three or four games a year than like us playing, or, you know, playing 50, 60, 70 games a year or whatever. You probably appreciate the fact that there's another challenge, another thing to do in a game they own. So. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Alan Triplo, he says, there's a growing trend of title updates with achievements being released years after a game release. And he says examples are Gears of War 4 and Rocket League. Is this a good trend for achievement hunters or an annoyance for completionists? This is quite Where do you um, stand? related to the first question, isn't it? In a sense. Yeah. Because you've just had Far Cry 5 and that's released a new game plus update, hasn't it? Which has an achievement oh, okay. to it. Obviously, that's not years after release, but... Yeah, so it's like both questions in yeah. one. Um, For me, I'm yeah. just glad they're updating the game still. You know, there's a lot of... Gears of War, I'm not really sure of, but Rocket League still has a ton of people playing the game. And the fact that they're still supporting it and bringing out new updates and all that kind of thing, I think is great. The fact that they've decided to add achievements, this one doesn't really bother me. Like, I, I can take it, I'll leave it, I'll do it or I won't. Do you know what I mean? I'm not... Mm-hmm. But I can understand if you're a completionist, like, say... Rocket League's a digital game mainly. I mean, it is available physically now, but you know, you probably own if you bought it, you probably got it as a digital version that you can just install. Whereas some of the games like Gears of War Four, people might have traded in or sold and stuff like that. I know, mm-hmm. I know Treasy got stuck with that with Grand Theft Auto Five, where he'd complete it and then sell the game or whatever, and then he'd have to go and buy it again because <laughs> yeah. he's the completionist. But yeah, it does, I can take it. I'll leave it again. Like if. If I want to play, like the, um, the Gears for them, I've touched the look too hard for me. <laughs> the achievements are probably really beneficial for the game companies at the end of the day because if they released a Rocket League update and it didn't have any 
kind of achievements or fanfare about it it'd just be an update and especially for people in our community it'd just go ah, well nothing's it's just changed the mechanics i don't really feel the need to jump back on and do that whereas if it's got some achievements attached to it, it it's more of an incentive i guess so hop back in give it a shot see what's changed steer people towards playing in a different way or playing a mode a new mode that they maybe haven't sure yeah i don't see anything uh, wrong with it i mean obviously it is annoying for people like Freezy. But, I mean, Rocket League's been out for a good while, hasn't it? So it's it's just overall a good thing that they're still adding large updates to the Rocket game. Rocket League, it's a bit of a different kettle of fish with the cross-platform play. You can obviously play against people on PC, and if they're going to be maintaining the PC version and updating that, they're going to have to maintain the Xbox version at the same pace. Yeah. Otherwise, it breaks the functionality of somebody on the PC is on a different version. To the Xbox, they can't win though. Game companies can. It's like if you, if you release a game that's an eight-hour campaign, people go, you know, it's mm-hmm. not worth the money. It's only eight hours. Yep. And then if you release a, a sixty-dollar game that they support in four years after or whatever, <laughs> people, are like, oh, there's yeah. too much of it. I don't want it anymore. And then if you release an update without <laughs> achievements, and people go, oh, where are the achievements? You release an update <laughs> with achievements. Oh, I don't want the achievements. Why do you do this? Yeah, they can't. <laughs> People just love being outraged, don't they? Really, <laughs> drama. I think these are. I think it's yeah. National Be Nice on Twitter Day today. Actually, I think it's spending it? this morning. Be nice on Twitter Day. I'll be positive on okay. Twitter or something like that. That's not going <laughs> to no. happen, is it? Okay. Well, I think the, the takeaway from that question is that uh, people love being angry. I guess. Okay. Final question. All right. It's from Goat. A good name, Goat. Uh, should games with broken achievements be allowed to be published? Should publishers be required to show proof that all achievements unlock when they're supposed to? I don't really know. I love the idea of like some kind of board at Microsoft <laughs> where the devs have to like sit down and like play their entire game through, get every achievement in front of the Microsoft. So yeah, that's my only thought initially. What do you guys think? Um, in a perfect world, it'd be amazing if games couldn't be published if they had broken achievements but again there's a lot of testimony needs to go in for that like I think something like The Witcher that's like what a couple of hundred hours to actually test all of that stuff I mean patches happen code changes happen one uh, one character change somewhere in the source code could affect something else that's seemingly totally unrelated and stuff can accidentally break but I think um Rather than games not being able to launch broken achievements, there should be something in place that means if an achievement is broken, they're required to do something to get it working, if possible. Again, though, that doesn't always work because if a company's gone out of business at that point or something else. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, it comes down to whether the company wants to... It's, it's like the culling too. Like that obviously released, say if that released and one of the achievements didn't work and then the servers were still online, but they'd pulled all support for it and they'd gone out of business and they were no longer maintaining it, then the achievement really couldn't be fixed unless Microsoft wanted to pick up a baton, which I doubt they would. Because again, it's a third-party game at that point. It's a shame Microsoft just can't, you know, cancel it out. But they need to have loads of games with like nine hundred and seventy gamer score and stuff like that. Mm, yeah, or just set the progress to like a hundred percent. Although, I suppose that devalues the achievement in a way, doesn't it? Yeah. If you've worked hard for that, tricky situation, isn't it? Yeah, really? and again, you got to think that 
probably the achievements are probably like a. I know for a lot of games, they'll just be like a last minute. Oh, we've got, we've got yeah, especially for, and the, trophies in there. for the ID games that are ported over from Steam and stuff like that. Or if they're on a platform like it was a mobile phone game and they've never had achievements before, yeah. suddenly they've got to put that aspect into it. That tends to be where you get the grindy lists of the do X actions, do Y actions, <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, I think um, like giving people 100% progress might be the best way of doing it. But as you say, people will just get annoyed at that. Uh, if they've spent ages trying yeah, to get the achievements, you've spent in the first like four hundred hours trying to get an achievement, you've unlocked it and then yeah. it got broken, and suddenly they go, "Ah, well, fix for this is going to be to give everybody the achievement." It's a bit of a kick in the yeah. teeth, isn't it? <laughs> I think this should be a requirement, though. Do you know if a company's still going? Yeah, then they should make them fix it. Do you know in the next patch or something? Like say, yeah. I, I I don't know for sure, but I think that dovetail games you're offering lots of people were complaining about. Things in that game, I don't know if they're actually broken or just really, really rare or something like that. Maybe they should mm-hmm. say, "Well, next time you do another DLC, do you not address this or look at it or whatever." But yeah, you can't enforce it, can you? Because that one man studio might say, "Well, I've got no time now. I've got to go work and actually <laughs> get a job now because yeah. the game didn't sell as well as it did." You should have done that. Because mm-hmm. of that broken issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it comes as like part of the package of letting indie developers publish games to your platform yeah. like if, if, if every game was like it was at the start where it's you know disc it's large company behind the game then you know it's more acceptable to force them to make the achievements work but nowadays there's just millions of indie games where the achievements probably haven't been touched in in years yeah. so okay i shall get in touch with you andrew on twitter and give you the choice of games there was a few questions related to gamescom but i've left them so we'll do that when rich is around and we do a proper gamescom podcast uh moving on to new achievements jack yeah loads and loads <laughs> and loads this week um so first up we've got strange brigade with 41 achievements we're gonna be streaming that next week uh we've obviously had the biggest title of the week forza horizon 4 it's 55 achievements and we got the exclusive reveal on that which is pretty cool. Um, Pro Evolution Soccer 2019 with 49 achievements, and NBA Live with 19 achieve uh, with uh, NBA NBA Live 19 with 29 <laughs> achievements. <laughs> um, then we had FIFA 19 with 41 achievements on the Xbox One, and interestingly, 45 achievements on the Xbox 360. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a different list there, and another 360 game which I wasn't expecting to see we had just dance 2019 with 30 achievements and then we've got free on free freestyle which is a basketball game it is 34 achievements and it's currently free on the xbox one if you do want to play it um but a word of warning the steam servers have apparently already shut down for it because it didn't <laughs> okay. take off over there so it's one to pick up quickly if you do um the golf club 2019 we've got another achievement list um so it was seemingly published, self-published with the achievement list, and then those achievements don't actually work. And then 2K published a version with another 29 achievements that do work. Um, so just a bit of an oddity. Yeah. Um, ACA Neo Geo Football Frenzy hit with standard 12 achievements. We had Don't Sync with 15 achievements. Naruto 2 Baruto, Shinobi Striker, 48 achievements. 
Distrust with 55, Splash Blast Panic with 13, Ninjin Clash of Carrots with 33, <laughs> Adios Amigos with 23, Vitalos Principles with 40, Atari Flashback Classics Volume 3 with 20, Dimension Drive with 30, Full Blast with 13, Neon Wall with 32, Shalnor Legends Sacred Lands with 50, Fishing Sim World with 25, and Reven- uh, Revenant Dogma with 30. When we had a load of Windows 10 ATN and Neo Geo titles hit, five more of those with standard 12 achievements in each. And then loads of DLC too. So I've got the new game plus update in Far Cry 5 with one achievement for 30 gamer score, along with the Dead Living Zombies DLC, seven achievements for 165. Human Fall Flat of the Aztec DLC with four achievements for 120 gamer score. And there's a progression update in Rocket League with six achievements for 250. The Elder Scrolls Online got the Wolf Hunter DLC with six achievements for 220 gamer score. Neverwinter got the Ravenloft pack with seven achievements for 60. Destiny 2 got the Forsaken DLC with 10 achievements for 240. Skylines or City Skylines got the Mass Transit, 10 achievements for 135. The Hunter Call of the Wild got the Verhonga Savannah DLC for 12 achievements for 500 gamer score. That's, That's quite a proper a DLC pack. Mm, yeah. That's how they used to be, isn't it, back in the day? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Space Lord's got the Council Apocalypse pack with three achievements for 220. And Frostpunk, which is a Windows 10 game, got the Survivor Mode DLC with three achievements for 120 gamers score. Busy week for the Game Info team, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Well done for getting through that. <laughs> you deserve a round of applause for that. Innovation, yeah. Okay, so uh, releasing this week, we have uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 comes out of game preview today. Uh, our review went up for that today. We got it. Gave, I think Yori gave it a 4.5 out of 5. So if you like those, I think it's a JRPG, is it? Then recommended you check that out. Uh, we got Shadows Awakening. The Talos Principle, which I've seen got a lot of love when it was announced. Is that like a popular game on PC or something like that? Uh, I'm not too sure. I know it's been it in development on console for seemingly ages. Is it a walking simulator? No idea. I, do, I, I just saw a lot of people seem to be really excited about that one, and I had no idea why. Oh, yeah, it is. It's like a walking simulator puzzle game. Okay. Uh, it is pretty good. Yeah, I would recommend that one. Okay. Uh, I've not played it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Naruto to Baruto Shinobi Striker, and then... All those ACA Neo Geo Windows 10 titles and the gloss video, over them. The, yeah. the video <laughs> kid. And then next week we have uh, the Forsaken DLC in Destiny 2, which got achievements randomly. And I, I don't think people were too impressed about that one because people are never happy. Uh, Shadows Awakening, uh, Fl- Claws of Fury, Dimension Drive. Ninjin Clash of Carrots, uh, Genesis Alpha 1, uh, PUBG finally releases properly, mm-hmm. uh, Super Street the Game, that's when we saw it at Gamescom, I think it's kind of like a double-A style racing game. Okay, uh, Planet- it's like the um, Dirt Showdown or whatever. It's a proper racing game and it like Rich was playing it, I didn't have a go 
but they had, you know, it all set up with, you know, like the steering wheel and all that kind of stuff. And it seems to have really good physics, really arcadey style handling and stuff like that. But then, you know, graphically, it didn't look stunning. So it's kind of like that lower echelon of racing games, but it looked yeah, quite it good for like what... Yeah, it looks like N64 game, doesn't it? Yeah, and Rich seemed quite impressed with what he played of it. So. Okay. Uh, Planet Alpha and Arcade Islands Volume 1. Wednesday, Moonfall Ultimate and Full Blast. And then Thursday, we've got Elia and V-Rally 4, which uh, was a game I saw at Gamescom, Jim. But when we went to see a rally game when you were there, Jack? WRC 5. Right. It's by the same developers, the same team and everything who did that. So it looks very kind of similar to okay. that. Looks so like they might have just lost the WRC license maybe or something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's that one. So another busy week for releases. I know a lot of people are going to be... Excited for those PUBG achievements dropping soon. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they keep the same list for PC version because Steam does have achievements. Yes, already, exactly. yeah. And it'd be interesting to see if they, you know, retroactively pop if you've won some of them in the preview already or if they start everything again. Yeah, which, if they start tracking those stats. Yeah, yeah, be interesting to see. But yeah, that's a busy week. And that is us for this week. Thanks for listening. It seems like ages since we've done a podcast. Did we do one last week? Yeah. You and oh. Jack just sat there in silence, pretending to be part of it. The games come, hopefully, we'll have lots to talk about that some point next week. We just, with it being a bank holiday year as well, we've just not had time catching up from while we've been away. But it should be coming next week, early next week, hopefully. Hope you all have a good weekend and we shall see you next Friday. Bye. Okay. Catch you later. See ya. Bye.